Welcome back to Broken Messenger. In my last episode, I briefly mentioned the Lord's Prayer. Today, I wanted to break down that scripture regarding Jesus' teaching about prayer. We will most likely stay in Matthew 6, 5-15, with a possibility of some scattered other scriptures. Verse 5, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Jesus is talking about the religious leaders from that time. They were praying in front of everyone in the synagogue in the street corners, not to talk to God, but for the recognition as teachers and holy people. They loved doing it for the attention and self-gratification. He is warning us to not have that heart motive when we pray. He is not saying, don't stand in front of people and pray, that it's wrong. But doing so with the wrong heart motive is wrong. Leading people in prayer as a leader of your church or as you felt it laid on your heart to do so is a heart for God, not for self. Jesus is also saying that those who pray for the self-attention, they have received their reward in full, meaning the attention is the reward, indicating that those who pray with a heart after God have a reward in store for them. So the hypocrites he is talking about have traded God's blessing for people's attention. But to the other extreme, we cannot interpret this scripture to mean that we are never to pray in front of other people. In John 17, the entire chapter is a prayer that Jesus delivers in the presence of his disciples. He prays for himself, and then the disciples, and then future believers. So thinking that a verse, that this verse literally means don't pray in public, would be a contradiction, and scripture does not contradict scripture. So that interpretation would be wrong. Verse 6 starts out with the word but, meaning instead. Instead of that, do this. Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So the indication of verse 5 of a future, is a future reward is confirmed in verse 6. Some will be inclined to think that if you are not in a closed room with four walls and a door, then you are not praying the way Jesus called us to pray. This interpretation, though, would contradict other scriptures. And again, scripture does not contradict scripture. Mark 1, 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mark six forty six says, After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. So we see that this verse is not about talking about happening to be in a room with four doors and a wall. I'm sorry, four walls and a door. But it's about being away from distractions, to be able to focus on our conversations with God. Think about how annoying it is when you're talking to a friend and they're on their phone and they don't really seem to be listening when you're talking. We don't want God's partial attention when we're talking to him. So why should we think that God is satisfied with our partial attention? And verse 7 says, When you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words, for your Father knows what what you need before you ask him. Again, some are inclined to think that this means our prayer should be short and sweet with minimal words. But this interpretation would contradict Scripture, and and Scripture can't contradict Scripture. The example out of um, Mark 1 that I just used earlier, it says, In verse 36 and 37, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. So evidently, his prayer wasn't that short and sweet. 
it was long enough that not just Simon was looking for him, but everyone. The example out of, of six from earlier said that night, the boat that he sent the disciples out so that he could pray alone, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on the land. That apparently wasn't just a short, sweet prayer. The words later that night indicate a passing of significant time. Otherwise, the word then would have been used to indicate next or right after. What, it did, what is meant here by babbling is revealed in the hearts of the pagans. When he said they think they will be heard because of their many words, they don't think they'll be heard because the Lord loves them, but because of their own fruition. Jesus wants us to come to him with a genuine heart for him. He doesn't want us to come with a hope of recognition or selfish desires, nor does he want us to come with a distracted heart that is straddling the fence of the world's goings on in a time of prayer. Then starting in verse 9, he demonstrates on how one should pray. He says, this then is how you should pray. Notice he doesn't say, this then is what you should pray. He doesn't say, this then you should repeat word for word. He says, this then is how you should pray. He is giving us a layout of what prayers should consist of. He starts out with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first thing Jesus is doing is praising God. He is lifting up the goodness of God. By doing this first, it aligns our, pra- our prayers and our thoughts so that we have the mindset when we're praying that his goodness is far better than our struggles. Next, he says, give us today our daily bread. This one he's still praising, but it's also our reminder that God is our source of strength and fulfiller of our needs. Then he, first, then he says, forgive, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This is repentance. We should acknowledge our wrongs and ask for forgiveness. But the important thing here, and, wh- and we'll see why in a bit, is that we also forgive those who have sinned against us. Then lastly is the ask. He says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Asking for the the Lord's help, it is the leaning on him. It is the relinquish of power and acknowledgement that God is capable of helping us to do what we ourselves are unable to do without the help of the Holy Spirit. Some manuscripts um, say, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, and amen. This would be a good example to the end of a prayer that gives thanksgiving and glorifying his goodness. It just puts us back in the mindset of his goodness and acknowledging him. When I first started out my prayer life, I used the word, I used the P-R-A-Y acronym for praying. I would never remember the why, what the why stood for, but it really broke down the Lord's prayer into a memorable process and kept me on track. P was for praise to recognize and remind ourselves of his glory and power. R was for repent. Seek forgiveness for our own transgressions. As scripture says, first get the plank out of our own eye, and this requires self-evaluation and repentance. And the A was for ask. Bring your petition to the Lord, as we reviewed in the last episode. And the ask that Jesus is doing here in this prayer example is an ask that is in line with the heart of God. God does not want us to fall into temptation. I had to Google to find out what the Y stood for, and it says yield. 
I guess that would be the end where he yields to God when he says, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And we saw Jesus yielded to God when he asked for the cup to be removed, but says, yet not my will, but yours. Finally, the last part of this section, Jesus says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But now there's that three letter, little big word again, but but if you do not forgive their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. This is a big deal. People would rather skim over it. It's not easy to do. But when we refuse to forgive someone, it says clear as day, your father will not forgive your sins. You don't need an interpretation. It says, but if you do not forgive other their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. When we expect forgiveness from God, but we refuse to give forgiveness to someone else, We are essentially saying, I am worthy of forgiveness, but this person is not. We are rising ourselves above what God says, because God says, no, they're not worthy of forgiveness, but neither are you. But I choose to accept them as worthy of forgiveness. And forgiveness doesn't mean that we forget and everything goes back to being peachy. Forgiveness means that we are not allowing anger, resentment, and bitterness to take up real estate in our heart anymore. Forgiveness is a choice we can choose to take regardless of the other person's actions. Even if the offense is still active, we can choose to forgive them. Is it easy? No, not at all. But scripture says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It is through the Holy Spirit that we have the ability to forgive even when that means forgiving someone when the world says they don't deserve forgiveness. When people who recite the Lord's Prayer as their prayer, they are no different than the hypocrites in the synagogues and the street corners, and they are no different than the pagans who babble. Because hypocrites, babblers, and reciters are producing no different fruit, because the heart is the problem. God wants a relationship with us, not a routine, not a ritual, not a recital, but a relationship. In Revelations 3.20, Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Going over to someone's house for a meal is not something a complete strangers do. This is a relational activity. This is what friends and family do. This is what God desires from us. He desires an intimate relationship with us. Jesus gives us this roadmap to having a prayer life with our Lord. And just like every person-to-person relationship, the more we talk with someone, the more our relationship strengthens. The more we learn about each other, the more we desire to talk to each other. The relationship over time gets deeper and deeper. On the flip side, though, the less often we talk, a void begins to grow and continues to grow with each passing day. Think of your best friend from high school. How often do you talk? Every day still? If so, I'm guessing that you're still best friends. If it's been a while, how often do you talk now? How long has it been since you talked? Did you suddenly go from talking every day to not talking to each other for 10 years? No. I'm sure that your life was just going in different directions, and it was a slow, gradual thing. That is what it's like with our relationship with God. When we continue to be in prayer regularly, we continue to be in the same path in life. Because unlike person-to-person relationships, God can be and wants to be a part of your everyday life. 
He doesn't have his own children. He has to run all their run them to all their activities. He doesn't have his own job at a place different from you. He doesn't have his own family that he has to spend time with that keeps him from you. He doesn't live across the country. God is right there for all of us who open the door and invite him in. But for some, prayer comes naturally. For others, we have to be intentional. For me, I have an open dialogue all day, but to have uninterrupted prayer time, that's harder for me. I have to be intentional and put in the effort. Just because it doesn't come naturally for me doesn't mean I'm not supposed to put forth the effort. But for me, Bible study comes naturally. For others, not so much. For others, they have to be intentional and put in the effort to read the Bible. Just because it's harder doesn't mean they're not supposed to do it either. I hope this episode helps someone jumpstart their prayer life and serves as a reminder and encouragement to others to keep going, keep being intentional, and keep putting in the effort because God desires to bless us and we do not want to trade that reward in for an earthly reward that has been paid full already. Thank you for listening to this episode of Broken Messenger.